Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs made a trade. We're going to talk all about it and the three up and three down. That's all coming up in just one moment. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 793, and we thank you for making us your first listen of the day wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. As you know, we're free and available everywhere. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm not joined by the wonderful Scott Matla. I'm joined by the equally wonderful Ian Boisvert of The Build Podcast, and I really appreciate Ian's commitment to being Scott-like with the cap and the plaid. I thoroughly, and the love of Koivu, I thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate that. Ian, it has been way too long, like almost six months since we yeah. last had you on. How have you been? I'm good. Yeah, I tried to I tried to go all out to be Scott. It's actually even a buffalo hat, so there you go. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's been too long. I'm, I'm really happy to be back. I'm glad Scott is taking some time away. Um, I actually messaged him to see if, if the, the bullying to, to have him take time off worked. It seems like it has. So we're in good shape. <laughs> We are in good shape, although I will honestly blow up a spot right now. He's been told to stay off the Twitter, and he's in good. the DMs. I've seen him in DMs, <laughs> and he needs to log off completely. So hopefully he's taking a rest. But if he's listening to this right now, Scott, log off. Um, he's, he's sending me Simpsons memes, which is his vacation, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that happened, and this is, you know, I knew exactly what would happen, is when I was left on my own, all of the things were going to happen. So I'd have to cover everything by myself. But thankfully, Ian... You have stepped in as you always do to save the show. So let's talk about this trade. I'm going to ask you point blank. Are you in any way or did you in any way see this coming? No, I was asleep when it happened. So definitely woke up and was confused <laughs> that there that a trade had happened. Um, no, I kind of, I mean, I kind of resigned myself to the, to thinking that this was going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline for, for Montreal. Just, a lot of the pieces that they would like to trade, there's either A, no market for them, or B, they're hurt. So, you know, you can't trade a, a hurt asset. It's just not going to work out. Um, Dodonov was one of those pieces that was acquired to be traded. That was, It seemed to be the, the goal um, in having him on the Canadians. He'd been playing pretty well down the stretch. Like, you know, into his last few games as a Canadian, I thought he'd been playing pretty well. Definitely surprised that they were able to move him. I know that, you know, Pierre Lebrun reported after the, the trade had broken that um, the Canadians were in the market for about a third round pick for him. They couldn't find that. They land on um, Denis Garyanov uh, in Dallas, which I think is pretty good value anyway, but definitely surprising. It seems like no one really had this trade until it happened. Other Like we're watching other trades being broken hours before we ever get to hear anything about them. Um, you know, no one was really on this throughout the the process so they're keeping things under wraps it's pretty pretty montreal canadians of them very much so and i should mention that we are recording this on sunday right after dinner time so obviously if any trades break between now and the time that you hear this recording you'll see me jump on for a quick 10 minute bonus 
uh, podcast. I'm really hoping that they do one a day. So we have something to talk about every day. Uh, but here's my thought on this. And I don't know if you agree, but this is how I felt immediately was that, hey, they've managed to get something and not nothing for Evgeny Dodonov. And no knock on him as a player, but he, as you said, he was acquired to be traded. And the first, like, I would say the first two thirds of the amount of time that he was in Montreal was not auspicious. It was not, it, like, he struggled, whether it was due to lack of effort, due to lack of luck, due to Canadians playing him in the wrong spots, due to line mates. There were a lot of things where I was like, this was, you know, they're just going to have to let him walk away for nothing in the offseason because it's not working out here. Like, he was supposed to find his game here and he was supposed to show some promise for a team that was either gunning to make the playoffs or knew they were making the playoffs and wanted to go on a deep run to pick him up as a, a rental. And so that has kind of happened, although I'm a little bit surprised about Dallas over the course of the season. And I do think that has more uh, to do with the, with the condition and the quality of hockey in that conference right now, the state of hockey yeah. in that conference right now, more than anything else. But you know what? Good on Dallas. Like they decided that somebody who's, who's gun under DeBoer um, is Somebody worth taking a flyer on. And let's talk about who the Canadians got in return. This, by all expectations and standards, has been a terrible season um, for Denis Gurionov. And I think that if you look at where he was drafted, that shows promise. If you look at his first couple of seasons, that shows promise. And if you look at this last season, it's like, it's like his game flew entirely off a cliff. It's yeah. alarming. So either the Canadians, and he's arbitration eligible, that's one thing to note. And another thing to note is that the Canadians retained half of Evgeny Dodonov's salary, which means that, so Cap Friendly seems to think that there's two. Everybody else is arguing that there's three the Canadians get in this season. And I truly am not sure at this point because I go to Cap Friendly. I thought there were two. And then a bunch of people replying that there were three. I'm not sure. Uh, but they're mm -hmm. using up one spots right so like this is not yeah. without you know people are saying no risk I don't think it was no risk like there's a little bit of risk right because what if there's an opportunity to launder money for two other teams that are trying to pull off a trade in this week yeah. and the Canadians do not have that salary retention spot so there's a little bit of a risk but at the same time like you said they were looking for a third rounder and that was not available on the market I personally especially how he's played this season and especially how he's been called out in the media for not playing well I would have been happy if Dodonov fetched a seventh like that's and, yeah. and I'm being be honest as a canadian film, right yeah, it, not he was no it, it could be a rafael harvey pinard like it was a for for dodonov it was not a good season in montreal like the last few games he had really started to put something together um but like we're talking about a guy who we acquired from vegas for the long-term injured reserve contract space afforded by shea weber and the idea was he'd be you know, a 20 goal, almost 40 point kind of player. Because if you look at his, his scoring lines over his career, that he kind of rolls out of bed and hits that number. So for him to not be that was a bit of a disappointment in Montreal. Um, in Garyanov, though, like, you know, I, I would argue, like, if if you're looking at it this way, would you trade a third round pick for a guy like Denis Garyanov? The value is probably pretty close. Um, you know, you're getting a player who I think Montreal is absolutely buying low on. Um, he is... You know, as you said, he had had three pretty decent seasons headed into this one. And then all of a sudden, Dallas changes coaches. They go from um, Rick Bonus to who, who's a very player friendly, player first coach 
to Peter DeBoer, who's not exactly that kind of coach. Um, you know, so he goes from almost half a point per game to over half a point per game to a little bit below that. And now he's just, like you said, he's got nine points in 43 games. Um, the one, you know, the, those kind of statistics tell one story, but, you know, looking at his rates at, at which he produces on the ice, at, especially the rates at which he shoots, he's the third highest um, player on the Dallas Stars in terms of shots per shot attempts per 60. He likes to shoot the puck. He doesn't play a lot, but he likes to shoot. Um, he also has an absolutely abysmal shooting percentage at 2.9%. When we talk about regression to the mean, oftentimes it's referred to in a way that, like, you know, people looked at Nick Suzuki at the beginning of this year and said, oh, he's going to regress to the mean. He's shooting at a really high percentage. That regression to the mean also means that, like, Gurianov's probably going to see a bit of a shooting bender at some point in the near future just because he can't be expected to shoot at 3% for the entire season at the amount of times he shoots the puck. It's not... It's not sustainable. Just like shooting at 40% isn't sustainable. Um, he's got the fifth lowest goals above expected on the stars with a minus 3.4. So like he's very, very unlucky. It seems like a decent um, opportunity for the Canadians to buy low on a player who might end up as like a third line energy player. From what I've read, he seems really fast. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for the option that they have afforded to them in Garyanov. He gets an extended tryout for the rest of the year. And then in reality, if they don't want to keep them, they can part ways with them at the end of the year. You know, it's not the end of the world. We didn't really think we were going to get anything for Dodonov anyway. So it's not ultimately turning Shea Weber into a 25-year-old forward who's, you know, under under team control past the season. That's a pretty tidy piece of business for um, Kent Hughes and company. Right. Like for me, I'm looking at this and I don't understand how everyone doesn't agree that this isn't a good trade for the Canadians like to me this is a good trade for the Canadians it may not be out of this world blockbuster it's a good trade for the Canadians and so speaking of good and bad it's Monday just because Scott's not here doesn't mean that we're not doing a three up three down that's all coming up in just one moment but first this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens and as you know I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to take control of my health Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It is the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and it helps you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients so it's your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all the things it supports all the things and right now it is time to reclaim your health just like i'm doing and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially as we are in the midst of the flu and cold season it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements just to look out for your health and to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, it is, it is Monday. 
Monday is when we do our three up and three down. And as is tradition, we start with the three down. So normally Scott and I will kind of have a little bit of a discussion beforehand. And we kind of had a little bit of discussion, Ian, you and I, about our three down. And I think we kind of agreed that the murkiness uh, around the injury situation of both Sean Monaghan, as well as uh, as well as uh, Kirby Doc has been has left a little to desire. In fact, I believe it is you who tweeted that in the last ten days we've gotten no, no updates on Sean Monahan. We've gotten mysterious allusions to what is going with Kirby Doc, and we've gotten Arbor Jack Eye Surgeon's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just seems really odd, like what they're withholding and what they're giving. I know Andrew Berkshire responded and said, you know, and he made a really good point that. You know, Jack is done for the season, so it's much easier for them to, you know, disclose that information, knowing full well that it's not really going to have an impact on th this trade deadline, the season, anything to that like, which is all well and good. But I, I don't I have no idea what's going on with Kirby Doc, which is frightening because he is a core piece of this team, um, not only this season, but into the seasons to come. You know, he left with an illness, even though th at the time that he left the roster, the Canadians were playing him very obviously while he was hurt. You know, he was laboring. Something lower body was bothering him. Um, and then, you know, he leaves with an illness. And then they disclose that the illness was based on a lower body injury. And now it's just he's out with a lower body injury. So it's it's all, all kinds of nowhere. And like you said, the fact that, like, even we're getting all of that for Doc, they have said nothing on Sean Monaghan in the longest time. You know, he's been out since, I think, the beginning of January. And even then, the idea, you know, oh, he's going to be out two weeks. And then it's it's almost March, and we, he hasn't played yet. So it's very concerning um, that, that that this is, you know, it's, it's a major down for this team that they just have no clarity as far as their injury situation goes. Another thing that has no clarity. All right, so we are, like, we're recording this right now. We started recording this about an hour or two almost that uh, Rumbling started about a Timo Meyer trade to the New Jersey Devils. And at this point in time, um, it's apparently not a done deal. So by the time this episode ends, maybe an entirely different team will have acquired him or something else uh, happens. But, like, I absolutely agree. Like, that lack of clarity, like, there are reasons why it would make sense there are reasons why the canadians would want to keep this close to their chest but sure. at the same time as fans and media and i and i talked about this on on friday a little bit in the mailbag episode is that a player's health status we're not necessarily entitled to it like right like they are entitled to their privacy but in the sports world it is customary to give at least a little bit of information and sometimes it's as simple as, you know, LBI, uh, UBI, whatever it is, or just not feeling well. The fact that it changes constantly means like, to me, that casts more aspersions on the medical staff that we've been talking about since the middle of the season, or maybe even before. Did they just not know? Like, did they misdiagnose this? What is going on? So for me, that murkiness really... I just, I want them to be a bit more transparent. And I think like this is, I want to say this might be the sixth or seventh week in a row that it was one of our downs. It might be even more than that. So I think the Canadians in this off season need to take a good long look at their medical staff and their medical situation the last few years, how many man games they've lost. And they need to just, they need to get it together. Like This is a world-class organization with one of the deepest pockets in the league. 
um, they they need to do something about this. And they've got like a, a, a great opportunity now with this front office, like to make changes because they're still at the very beginning of what is going to be a long rebuild. Speaking of long rebuilds, on tomorrow's episode, Ian, we'll be back and we'll talk about the state of the uh, Lots of people have very different uh, opinions as to how it's going. Uh, but another down that I wanted to mention is losing to the Ottawa Senators. At this point, the Canadians, I don't think they've won a game against the Ottawa Senators in like a year or more. Yeah. It's a lot. It's yeah, like, it's, it's a lot. It's been a long time. And, you know, as much as it's fun to punch down at the Senators, we can't really do that at the moment because they're better than us, right? And that's just the the nature of the beast. Um, they, from what I, you know, from my eyes anyway, Ottawa played a pretty listless 40 minutes of hockey. They came out in the third period and they won that hockey game. Um, you know, as frustrating as it is, you know, I, I don't know how much longer Ottawa will be in front of Montreal just because I I personally don't have a – if I was a Senators fan, I don't know how you could have any faith in DJ Smith and and Pierre Dorian who at the beginning of the season declared the rebuild was over and they're no better off than they were last year. Um, they're on a little bit of a bender now. They, they're playing – you know, they're winning a lot of hockey games. I think – almost sabotaging themselves in an opportunity when they could have a chance at a Connor Bedard, but it's a necessary evil, right? Like I don't want Montreal to lose to Ottawa more than anybody else, but ultimately like winning right now does not, it is not the best thing in the world for the Montreal Canadiens losing to teams that, you know, they can lose to like Ottawa, like Chicago, like those guys, you know, Take those lumps now. It's 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 temporary. I think this is going to be the last season of the Canadians really bottoming out because I think next year, you know, the the youth is really going to be injected into this into this roster, you know, front and back. I hope it doesn't involve too too many losses to the Ottawa Senators moving forward. It's not an organization that I typically hold in a in a in a high regard. They just they just retired Chris Neal's jersey. Like this is the, the it's disappointing. It's disappointing that we're at a point where the Canadians are looking up at the Ottawa Senators for what seems like the first time in my life. <laughs> That's exactly it. So I think for me, it just it's very frustrating because I think that they this is this is the type this is the type of team that's quote unquote better than them the Canadians should beat in my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at, at the same time, it's still quite fun that the Ottawa Senators made the boldest moves in the offseason and are still just not good. Um, that cracks me up. So I'm going to leave it at that. I know we, we technically only did two, unless you count like the um, Doc situation and the Monaghan situation as separate, but we're going to move on to our ups, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you listen to this podcast at all ever, you'll know we love Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is always low in sugar, low in calorie, made with real chocolate, and most importantly, extremely high in protein. They've all got 17 grams or more of protein in each bar. And right now, you don't even need to wait to get a box. You can go to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box right there. Their most popular flavors are there. You can get cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, but you can also go online because they still have the built bars at built.com and you can enter our promo code, which is locked on 15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com and the code is locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. 
it is three up time and we have lots of players to talk about and honestly it's not just the prospects this time i think we can shout out lane hudson obviously continuing to do what he does i think we can shout out sean farrell who in my mind is the closest next player to sign uh with the montreal canadians we might even see him this season after his ncaa season is over um but we had a few more people and it was Ian that pointed out that there's a couple of really fun players on the literal NHL roster right now that we can get excited about. You yeah, want to I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, we'll start with the captain. It seems like that game against Ottawa was his best game in a really long time. Um, he was all over the place, um, especially early on. He had two breakaways. One he scored on, the other one he tried something real fancy and ended up bailing into the goalie. Things happen. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I. He's had a revolving door of of wingers around him this season with Caulfield going out. Um, you know, there's there's finally some real consistency there with Raphael Harvey-Pinard and Josh Anderson playing some of his best hockey in a Canadian's uniform. Um, you know, it's it's been really nice to see him get those those rewards because, you know, it's it's his first season as the captain. No captain in Canadian's history has ever been put in this situation where the team is is very much not trying to, you know, make the playoffs this season. You know, or you can win. say whatever you want or win it all. Like like it's it's you can say whatever you want about Pacioretty and the situation he was in and that was a whole toxic mess all over the place, you know, through some fault of his and fault of the people who were there above him. Um but Nick Suzuki is playing in a very um unique situation and I think he's handling it just as, as well as any of us could have hoped. The games like the, the one he had against Ottawa, they're really nice to see. We're not going to see a ton of them this season because of, I mean, just gesture at the entire roster, really. But <laughs> it's nice to see him get those those chances. To you know, seeing him score that goal and how excited he was to have scored that goal, like it still that stuff still matters. Everyone talks about like, well, why you know why does winning matter in a season like this? That's sort of why it would matter so for a guy like Nick Suzuki, who's going to be here through it all. is probably going to wear a lot of the, the negative aspects of this rebuild. Um, it was nice to see him get off this nine and score a couple goals over the last few games. Absolutely. And to me, I think just the amount that he's been relied upon is kind of unfair. Um, even in a rebuilding year. Right. I think, I think this is when you have the opportunity to get like your lesser, um, talented centers out there, just you know, throw anybody in there. Put put Jonathan Duran back in center. Um, yeah. You know, whatever it is, you have that opportunity to alleviate some of his burden. And instead, he's the one who's sting up. So obviously, very pleased with Nick Suzuki's play. Uh, also, he really gets like he really steps it up against those Ottawa and Toronto teams. Like he understands yeah. me to my core. I love Nick Suzuki. Uh, <laughs> our next up is again Ian pointed out Mike Matheson has had a great I, I would say great like five or six games the last few games yeah good. I think good. yeah one thing I've noticed since the the all-star break ended was that it seems like the Canadians defense has been given sort of the green light to to be more active we're seeing it up and down that that roster um, guys like Justin Barron have improved their offensive play Jordan Harris has looked great Mike Matheson just looks like a different animal out there when they're when they're just letting him run wild. And it's he's he's a fantastic skater. The goal he scored against Ottawa, where he kind of just I mean, I had to take a number on that Ottawa defensive. That was Thomas Shabbat that he turnstiled and just went to the net. 
Um, not, not probably one of Ottawa's best defensemen. Um, he's been great, and it's you know it's sort of paired with the same at the same time with the news that potentially P- Pittsburgh might be trying to move on from Jeff Petrie. Um, you know, it's very at the time I wasn't a huge fan of that trade, as Scott and I are co-presidents of the Jeff Petrie fan club. Um, it was kind of a tough one, but it seems like now that this seems like an easy win for, for, uh, for Kent Hughes and company. He's been, he's been great. Him being a local guy on top of that is just even cooler. Absolutely agree. And that's the thing. I think if you find Montreal grown players playing well in Montreal, like there's no feeling like, and I'm just trying to imagine just me being on the ice and, and having my city cheer for me. It must be amazing. And, <laughs> You know, one of the things that we want from Mike Matheson, obviously, over the course of his time in Montreal is some consistency. Um, So I know he's been he's had injuries and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, the Canadians defense isn't all that great. So he's usually propping somebody up. So I think that this is this is great. Like this week has been really great for him. And I'm glad to see that he's finally able uh, to show us what he's got. Like, I think he's he's a player that. He's got a lot of promise. If you don't have your expectations aren't too high, he's not going to be your number one defenseman. Like that's not, that's not happening, but a solid steady defenseman who makes good decisions and has skills. Like to me, I'm just glad that it's coming out. And my final up for the week is uh, Kent Hughes because this morning I woke up and the Canadians were quote unquote, supposed to be quiet at the trade deadline. And then a couple hours later, you know, they made a trade. I think, the thing with Kent Hughes is that no matter what, even if he doesn't think that there's any interest in the players, he's still war phones, right? To me, he's mm-hmm. probably one of the most active people. Like he put it out there that he was willing to, you know, assist teams and be the third team in a trade situation. Like he's essentially offering to launder money for other teams. Um, so <laughs> I just think that like the way that he's going about it is at least he's not sitting pat and saying, oh, trading is hard. Oh, he's, he's doing everything he can. He, it yeah. might not pan out, but at least he's being bold. Yeah. And, you know, I, everyone's saying, well, a lot of the insiders are saying that, you know, he's not really shopping Josh Anderson. Um, but, you know, you know, darn well, he's picking up the phone and listening, right? Like he's, I don't think he was shopping Arturi Lekkanen last spring, but it didn't stop him from getting an offer that he wanted. I think that Kent Hughes is very, um, you know, he's very confident in, in his abilities to negotiate. He used to be an agent for a reason. Um, I think that he knows what his price is for some of these players. We as fans may disagree with what those prices are, but he's not going to, um, you know, until, until, you know, all avenues have been exhausted, like we saw with the Dodonov trade, he's going to get the part that he wants. You know, Dodonov is an expiring player. There wasn't much of a market for him. He created a market for him. He got a player. Um, you know, it's not like Ben Sherratt where there were teams falling over each other for Ben Sherratt or Tyler Toffoli, who's under team control, you know, and Calgary just really, really wanted Tyler Toffoli. Um, I, 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 I still hold out the idea that maybe there's a surprise in store for us between now and, and Friday's 3 p.m. deadline. I don't know how likely that is, but Ken Hughes, I, I still very much believe in the the vision that these guys have, the the mentality that they're going about their jobs with is still very much something that that I have faith in. And that hasn't really been shaken at any point through this process. 
And speaking of all of that, we're going to get a little bit more into it on our episode tomorrow, where we're going to discuss the state of the rebuild as is, because right now we're about, what is it? We're a year into the Kent Hughes tenure, right? And a year into the Martin St. Louis tenure, and people are starting to have doubts. And the on-ice product is obviously not very inspiring. The fact that the Canadians aren't at the bottom of the standings, it has people worried. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and try to be a little bit more, we're going to talk about all sides of that and see if we can come up with some optimism and that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode again with ian host of the build ian real quick can you tell people where to find your podcast your work and your twitter yeah i'm on twitter at maybe it's ian it's on the screen right below my face if you're on youtube um (laughs) and you can (laughs) you can find the podcast just about anywhere you find podcasts the build um for those unfamiliar although you've probably heard it on this show because locked on canadians have been tremendous champions of the build their check is in the mail um, they, uh, the idea is to record a show category or cataloging the Canadians rebuild, um, until it's done and it's done when they win a cup, when they win a cup, I'll do one show. Um, we'll, we'll pop some champagne, we'll celebrate and then that's it. It's over. So get in while the getting's good. Thank you so much for your time, Ian. And as for us, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast as well as on YouTube. Please tell your friends if you like us. Um, uh, on Twitter, we're at LO underscore Canadians. You can tweet us your thoughts. You can also send us mailback questions. You can also DM us mailback questions. You can leave mailback questions in the YouTube comments as well. Just please write mailback question at the beginning because then I don't I can tell if it's a diff- if you're responding to this episode or if you're just you want a mailback question asked. You can also email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. My name is Laura Saba. You'll find me at the Active Stick, and you'll find me back here tomorrow with Ian. Thank you so much for listening.